It is Friday, August 21st, and it's 1130 here at KRVN, which means it is time for Midday. Friday edition, Tyler Cavalli along with you. Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan will join me here in just a moment. But as always, let's get things, let's get things kicked off with Susan Littlefield. Well, thanks, Tyler, and happy Friday to everybody. Here's what's happening on the midday from the farm team. It is Friday, which means we check in with Al Dutcher to find out what this weather's going to bring. Fingers crossed there's some precipitation in that. And then that'll come up at 1219 with Shaley. At 1245, Rebel stops in to talk about the Legend Butte's horse sale and share some tips by horse buyers and sellers. And then it's the FNBO's Fridays in the Field. We're going to head out to the western part of the state and Chabella. And that's midday from the farm team. Thank you very much, Susan. Another busy day on tap for the farm team. And we'll turn it over to sports. Jason Jorgensen is in. And finally, we have uh, we have football here in this Nebraska. We do. There's a handful of games tonight uh, scattered across the uh, region. I guess the highest profile one would be the Hastings Tigers starting the year. A B.A. matchup against Lincoln North Star. Mm. Uh, Tigers are expected to be pretty good again. And we'll get the thoughts of Bob Jensen about that. They were a playoff team a year ago, and they had some kids back. They were good in basketball. They were pretty much good in all their boys' sports last season. But uh, and they played Hastings College. It's always a great facility there as well. So, is it a home game for them? They're there in Lincoln. Oh, in Lincoln, uh, opening up uh, against North Star. But uh, good to see uh, another interesting one has uh, Sandy Creek against Skyler. Skyler's dropped to C one this year. That's right. I forgot about that. not not a great tradition there of Sandy Creek playing Skyler in football. <laughs> Has it ever happened? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Okay, very good. Cross County Blue Hill will play tonight too. It is interesting because it's kind of hard to keep track of which schools have moved up, moved. I mean, most of them actually are moving down, I should mm-hmm. say. But there's a lot of reorganization. And remember, they have to stay there for two years before they can go back or up or whatever they do. So also, they count differently now. You have a particular number for boys and a number for girls so you'll have some schools could be one class for boys and a different class for girls but that's that's the age we live in mind-boggling it's kind of difficult to understand yeah. also uh those nebraska parents are not going away anytime soon uh they've got mike flood involved in this thing oh. and uh he has drafted a letter and sent that to the big ten and it said you either let us know how you came up with your decision to shut everything down or they're going to go to court Wow, drastic. Mm-hmm. Drastic measures here taken by Mike Flood and company so and the parents. Wow. We'll, we'll see where this uh, ends up. Do, now, does Warren have to actually tell them or show them proof of how they voted? I'm not a lawyer. I only watched the People's Court growing up as a kid, <laughs> and they never What'd you learn from that? <laughs> they didn't have that case on there. That you know what case. I learned is watching People's Court? You don't take the law into your own hands. <laughs> you take them to court. That's People's what court. I learned. Very good. Very good. Uh, Bob, did you watch People's Court growing up? <laughs> I did. I Yes, I did, once in a while. Yeah, okay. All right. Very it good. wasn't one of my faves, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I was watching Buck Rogers and other things like sure. that. But uh, anyway, you, you dabbled in it here and there. Yeah, once in a while. All right, very the good. Mister Wizard and stuff <laughs> like that. Love that show. <laughs> anyway, good stocks off to a mixed start on Wall Street as losses for healthcare and materials companies offset gains in technology. The uh, Dow up about thirty. U.S. home sales rose a record-breaking amount in July, extending last month's rebound. So we'll. Have a couple of details on that. 
KRVN, 93.1 The River, and Cami have always blazed new trails. This year is no different. We're giving you a chance to win a brand new Chevrolet Blazer. And not just any Blazer. A 2020 Blazer loaded with extra details like tinted windows and a custom paint job. For your first look, go to krvn.com and check it out. Be listening because we'll be giving more details on how you can get registered to win the Blazer this fall. We are blazing new trails. Thanks to these partners. Eustace Body Shop. Eustace. Cozad. Lexington. Kearney. Grand Island. And Lincoln. Heartland Chevrolet and Buick. Lexington. Nutrien Ag Solutions. Suretop Angus and Charlet. Farnham. Cornerstone Bank. Member FDIC. With 43 locations serving Nebraska. Central Valley Irrigation. Holdridge. Lexington. Kearney. Nebraska Land. Kansas Land. Colorado Land Tire Group. And Lexington Regional Health. 1144 here at KRVN. It is time for our ag regional ag weather update, which is brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. And Scott Foster is now joining me once again. And Well, Scott, you've had a double duty pretty much all week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, so far, so good. We haven't had a lot of flubs. Uh, well, as far as we know. I've been lucky because the weather has been really pretty simple all week. Good point. Really have not had a lot of severe weather. It's been mm-hmm. mainly dry, some rain showers here and there, but not a lot of active weather systems at least well it doesn't look like into the weekend either no it's in we have low pressure that's kind of dominating and high pressure there's a ridge there that's kind of keeping everything in there but one of the words that i put in the summary that i don't know if it's tripped you up or not but i said it's very summary so in the summary <laughs> it's very summary i'm not gonna it, lie to you i skipped over that word because i didn't know if you meant sunny or just like oh i just typed it this morning yeah i'm like well he's, he's got tired. boogers in his eyes it's you know so whatever tired. yeah i was no it's, so you meant summary s- summary he's not word. Not, not yes it is it's uh it's not a r y but e r y no i get it summary that's a real word it's a absolutely why don't you just say it's sunny or it's sun because it's got it's, the whole it's it's, it's, it's the it summer feels like summer it's a very summary. Oh, maybe I made it up. I got it. I'll look it up and see if we. Okay. <laughs> well, for the remainder of today, expect some diminishing cloud cover as some of them have worked their way. And now we will see not very much cloud cover right now. Some in the northwestern part in the Pine Ridge area. Otherwise, state of Nebraska, Kansas, Colorado, pretty clear right now. High temperatures are expected to climb into the upper 80s in the east and low 90s further west. Upper-level ridging looks to be the main driver for weather across the region through the weekend, keeping things mainly dry. Mostly sunny skies are expected Saturday through Monday, with general southerly winds continuing, though speeds will remain about 10 to 15 miles an hour. With upper-level ridging building into the area, warmer temperatures and high temperature forecast to reach into the 90s by Sunday and Monday. Normal high temperatures for this time of year are in the mid 80s. Now, so we're about 10 degrees above that. Looking further into the new work week, overall dry conditions are expected to continue. Highs in the 90s also continues with Tuesday currently forecast to be the hottest day of the week. The DTN Ag Weather Forecast calls for portions of limited rain for the Midwest in the next seven days. Iowa and the eastern Midwest 
are and have been turning drier in the last week or two. We heard a little bit about Iowa's drought problems, which could stress filling corn and soybeans, though most of the region is in good shape. Scattered showers will occur mostly across northern areas through much of the next week, with some showers sneaking north across the Ohio River during the weekend. A front will slip southward late next week with better chances for more widespread showers. Temperatures of the in the Midwest will be above to much above normal for the next seven days. This will lead to more drying in crops and soil. In the central and southern plains, showers will be more likely across the north and west Friday with chances expanding across the region this weekend. Showers will benefit filling corn where they occur, but much of the region has above normal soil moisture due to the rains over the last month outside of northeast Nebraska, where dryness continues. West Texas has seen relief from recent heat, though temperatures are expected to be near or too above normal next week. Northern Plain crop areas have isolated showers expected into next week. The overall dryness will be good for harvesting wheat, while showers will be beneficial to filling corn where they occur. In the Delta and Southeast, it has been dry over the last several days, causing stress to the drier sections of the region for filling cotton and soybeans. Isolated showers will develop Friday and possibly through the next week. In the southeast, some dryness continues across Georgia and Alabama where the showers have not been able to keep up with the demand as readily, but scattered showers will continue in the region over the next week, benefiting those areas they hit. Being scattered, some areas of dryness will continue to build in areas that are missed. Despite this, conditions are more favorable for soil setting and opening cotton. And uh, we'll have to watch the track of a couple storms. One of them, you know, and I said this earlier, Tyler, that 2020 needs to just cut it out. Because right now we have two tropical storms Mm -hmm. that are hitting, Mm -hmm. and they could simultaneously hit the United States. That's about right on par for 2020. And it's just stop already. Speaking of water, uh, if you're going to the lake, Yes. For us uh, people that are bound by the, uh, the the land, if you have to go to the lake this weekend, it's going to be beautiful. It is. Light chop in most of the lakes, this little thing you gave me here. Lake McConaughey, Lake Maloney, Calamus Reservoir, Merritt Reservoir, and Red, Red Willow Reservoir. Uh, going to be beautiful. To say light chop on Lake McConaughey, yes. you don't get to say that very often. At least not for very long. No. For sure. No. Uh, by the way, last night we had softball. And yes. it was beautiful temperatures. Absolutely. Mostly cloudy. You know, there was some sun here and there, a little drizzle at the end of the game, but about 85, 90 degrees. Beautiful out. Mm-hmm. High school football starts tonight in certain areas here yep. in Nebraska, and going to have beautiful temperatures for that as well. Should be really good. And, and next week's going to be warm. Practices will be warm as yeah, well. teams get ready to go. But uh, hopefully uh, we should have some, some nice conditions. Beautiful. Uh, for more weather, where can you find that at? Go to krvn.com. All right, thank you very much. It's time again this week that we get to catch up with our Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist, Al Dutcher. I'm Shaley Peters, back with you on the Rural Radio Network. And, Al, we are still certainly in uh, our summer days where we see the heat, but just getting hints of fall here and there. That being said, what can we expect headed into this weekend and next week? 
Well, those hints of fall are probably going to disappear for the next few days, Shaley. It, it definitely is going to get warm as that ridge that has been keeping the heat in western Nebraska basically has been pushing ever so slowly toward the east, and it's going to overtake eastern Nebraska over the next 24 hours. So we're going to see temperatures well into the 90s statewide as we go into tomorrow. But in the meantime, there is one little piece of energy moving around the periphery of that ridge that is expected to move through the Dakotas and potentially drop some scattered shower activity across northeastern Nebraska and northwestern Iowa during the overnight hours. It just doesn't look very extensive, so count your blessings if you're able to get anything worthwhile out of precipitation. Hopefully it doesn't come with any wind. But more importantly, as we go through this week and temperatures are going to slowly ramp up, we're not going to be dealing with real humid conditions because of uh, south-to-southwesterly component to our winds. It, but temperatures in western Nebraska, I suspect, will be in the mid to upper 90s. We'll be probably in the low to mid 90s here in extreme eastern Nebraska uh, as we go through the weekend. By the time we get to Monday, that ridge really pops itself toward the east and expands to cover most of the western two-thirds of the Corn Belt. And at the same time, we're dealing with two tropical systems that will be working their way toward the Gulf of Mexico. So... We'll see temperatures probably here in eastern Nebraska, potentially some locations maybe hitting the 100-degree mark as we get into uh, Monday through Wednesday. We'll definitely be 95 to 100-degree readings. Out west, I'm sure we're going to see quite a few 100-degree readings being broken. We probably won't deal with a lot of wind as we get to the second half of this weekend and early next week, but as we get into the midweek period with a trough coming into the Pacific Northwest, we're going to start to tighten that gradient up. And we'll start to see the winds increase. At the same time, those two systems that I mentioned, uh, Laura, which is off the northwestern portion of the Leeward Islands, is going to be moving through, projected to move through the Florida Straits between Florida and Cuba, and then make landfall Wednesday morning up near Mobile, while the other system that's just forming right now, right off of Honduras, is expected to move north-northeast and make landfall uh, sometime Tuesday night to Wednesday morning, somewhere around Houston and then those two will merge as we get into Wednesday and Thursday and right now the GFS model at least takes all that moisture up the eastern seaboard it does not bring it into the corn belt I'm sure there's going to be some changes in that forecast that's the fly in the ointment for late next week where the heavier moisture from these two systems will fall but more importantly it does look like we'll start to see a much bigger cool down as we work through next weekend and to the first part of the month as cold air settles into the region probably represents the best opportunity for widespread moisture statewide that we've seen in the models for a long, long time. Hopefully, it'll come to fruition. So there is light at the end of the tunnel, but unfortunately, after that four or five days of moisture moves through here, the models once again return the high-pressure ridge right back into the region. Temperatures will be above normal, but we're not looking at that 9,500 degree readings. We're probably looking at the 85 to 95 degree readings after that comes through. All right. Thanks, Al. Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. You can find more from his forecast, including weather maps, by visiting RuralRadio.com. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports. Jason Jorgensen is in for that. And, well, it's a good day here in Nebraska. High school football returns. Yeah, a week earlier than most people, but the season begins tonight with a handful of games. Hastings opens up the year with an interesting matchup at Lincoln North Star. Bob Jensen of the Huskerland Prep Report thinks the Tigers could be pretty good. I want to see what happens at Hastings. Hastings 
stuck its toe in the water last year. That junior class last year got a lot of players. Uh, you know, Jared Sinek, the uh, quarterback, uh, and uh, Carson Shoemaker are, are the two headliners, I suppose. But their senior class is stacked. And they went to the playoffs a year ago and had a very, very nice season. We'll see how they stack up against Class A North Star tonight. Other games that get across the region have Cross County at Blue Hill and then a very interesting matchup, Sandy Creek at Skyler. Well, a group of Nebraska football parents still wants the Big Ten to provide it with all documentation related to any votes that were taken to postpone or cancel the conference's football season and fall sports. They want that information or they're threatening a lawsuit. The parents, through attorney Mike Flood, sent the letter to the Big Ten yesterday demanding transparency. Their focus is on the league's voting procedures and any medical information it received prior to voting. Conference has until Monday to provide the materials, Flood wrote. If it fails to meet that deadline, then the group will ask a federal judge in Nebraska to order the release. The parents will also ask for unspecified immediate relief from the judge. Whoa. Whoa. We're getting really into the weeds here with this. This is getting serious. Mike's a good lawyer. I wouldn't think he'd get involved in this if he didn't think there was something there, but uh, I don't know. I just don't understand why the Big Ten would have to say anything what is why would they need to come out and say hey this is exactly how we voted blah 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 i understand their frustration from the parents as well but if you're the big 10 i mean there's nothing to say hey we have to show you everything and there can't be any precedent for this correct yeah uh, stay it's tuned still sticky <laughs> messy unbelievable yeah. Practices are coming to a halt at Doan. Officials yesterday announced that all extracurricular activities are suspended for the rest of the month. Doan was supposed to open up the football season on September 12th at home against Concordia. Not that that game has been knocked out. It hasn't been, but just kind of makes you wonder. You know, I mentioned this last night doing high school softball. It, it feels great to have sports back, but you almost have to take it game by game and just be feel almost a little bit lucky that you're playing a game. You just don't know how long this season's going to go. You may not have one game in the middle of the year may have some after, but uh, it's, it's going to be a weird year. Nebraska mm-hmm. High School Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony scheduled for October 4th at Lincoln East. That's been pushed back. The induction ceremony now has been tentatively rescheduled to April 18th. And our own Scott Foster, he's pretty excited. <laughs> His Padres have hit grand slams in four straight games. The only team in big league history to accomplish that feat. Former Royal Eric Hosmer delivered the goods last night. Uh, at least he's making up for uh, the money that that dude yeah, got. Yeah, uh, that that was about time. Uh, that was okay. That Kansas City did not back the money track of Derek Hosmer. And I had to tell him uh, his Padres because they're unlike the Rockies, who are a pile of hot garbage right now. <laughs> yeah. Have lost nine of the last ten. Now in second place in the NL West. So that that fast start you were smiling about has evaporated. I should know by now. <laughs> I should know better by now to the, than to do that. But we'll see. Good for Scott and the Padres. For more, find it at krvn.com. Thank you very much. Time for Midday News. Ellen Simmons is now in. and Well, Ellen, it sounds like there is a situation that's developing on Interstate 80 in central Nebraska. Yeah, so um, at the Dar Interchange on I-80 westbound, the traffic is stopped currently for... Um, a situation and um so they're slowly trying to get traffic to go through mm. um they've moved the situation off to the shoulder or um just off of the area so that traffic can move move through slowly is so. this westbound eastbound lanes do you know 
Westbound. Westbound. And yep. by DAR, correct? Right. By the DAR interchange. Okay. So if you're going to be in the DAR area in your westbound, heads up, you're probably going to be coming up on some slowing, if not stop traffic. Stop, yeah. Stop traffic. Okay. Yeah. All right. So situation developing there. Uh, nothing horrible by any means. No. Just uh, it's interesting situation. When we have more, we'll give it to you yep. about that. All right. Go take it away. Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts hosted a ceremonial signing event Thursday morning for property tax and economic development legislation. Ricketts was generous in his praise for LB 1107, meant to provide property tax relief reform that state's business incentive system and provide state support for the next project at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. The bill passed on a vote of 41 to 4 to 4. This is a giant step forward, and the legislature is to be congratulated for the great work that they did to pull this all together. Several state senators and representatives from agriculture and business groups took part in the in the moment and were recognized at the signing ceremony. Also present, present was Dr. Jeffrey Gold, the chancellor of the University of Nebraska Medical Center. Rickett says when LB 1107 is fully funded in three to five years, the state will provide a 17% reduction in property taxes for the owner of a $200,000 home in Lincoln. Police in southwestern Nebraska have arrested a 79-year-old woman on suspicion of killing a 78-year-old man in McCook. The McCook Gazette reports that police were called to a home Thursday morning and found the man dead following what investigators described as a domestic situation. Police say the woman was arrested on suspicion of causing the man's death. The police have not released the name of the victims or the suspect or explained their relationship. Police also have not given any details on how the man was killed. An autopsy has been scheduled in Omaha. The City of Grand Island Fire Department invites the public to celebrate the opening of the newly constructed fire station on Wednesday, August 26 at 4 p.m. The event and new fire station is located at 1130 North Roads. Activities will include a dedication ceremony, the raising of the American flag by the fire department, honor guard, station tours, and apparatus displays. Social distancing and directed health measures will be in place. Fire Station 4 is home to a three-person crew that primarily operate a fire ending with aerial ladder, but can also respond with an ambulance or hazardous materials response unit, and depending on the type of the emergency. An Omaha area high school English teacher arrested this week on suspicion of molesting a teen in 2008 now faces a slew of other sexual assaults and child abuse charges. Police say two more women and a girl have come forward to accuse 40-year-old Andrew McGreevy of sexual assault. They include a now 31-year-old woman who told investigators McGreevy assaulted her at his home in 2009, possibly after she had been drugged. And, 36 year, and a 36-year-old woman who says McGreevy assaulted her in 2010. Police say a 17-year-old girl reported that McGreevy had repeatedly assaulted her from the time she was 11 to 14. Police say McGreevy was booked Thursday on suspicion of five sexual assault counts and one count of child abuse. You can find more news at krvn.com. Thank you very much, Ellen. Robin Sherbarth, a recent graduate from Shadron State College, has returned to her family business to offer a professional horse buying experience. Robin and her husband Cody have taken over management of the Legend Buttes horse sale put on by the Crawford Livestock Auction Market. She shares tips for potential horse buyers. So first off, if you're in the market for a horse, whether you see an ad on Facebook or you see a horse in a catalog, always uh, read it thoroughly. 
if they've posted the age, note that, look over the bloodlines and papers if they've posted those, and read the ad carefully, and then write down your questions, and then give the consigner or seller a call. If people are trying to sell their horse, they should be more than willing to visit with you about the horse. So um, compile your thoughts and your questions, and then give them a call. She says the horse buying process will look much different if you're buying privately versus off of a sale. If you're buying privately, it's always a good idea to uh, go look at the horse and schedule a time being courteous of the seller's time, of course. If you'd like to have a vet check, um, it depends on where you're at. If you're close enough, you can bring your own vet or schedule a vet to come out if you would like to have a vet check done. Make sure that's always at the buyer's expense. And if you live far away from uh, the seller, it's a good idea to take into consideration their recommendation of their vet. And I know some people might say, well, what if their vet lies or something like that? But more than likely, you're going to run into a case where there's a vet who has done everything for that horse. Sherbarth says there are some red flags you should avoid when buying from private consigners. So if a, someone is not interested in showing a video to you, that is the first red flag. Um, I like to send time-stamped photos so people know they are current, that I have taken these photos within a week or that day. Uh, so photos and videos that are current are very important. We like to show everything from picking up their feet, being bridled, saddled, and then ridden at all different gates. Another thing you should look for is I do like to make fun videos, but you want to show the transition. So if you see a horse loping in a video and then all of a sudden the video is cut and he's then trotting the other way, that might mean that the horse has poor downward transitions, he doesn't steer well. And so you want to make note of that and ask the consigner specifically, can I see his transitions of the gate and a full unedited video of certain things? While consigning a horse privately may be better suited in certain situations, Sherbarth says there are many advantages to listing a horse on a sale. The advantages for selling on a sale, in my opinion, there's many, many advantages of buying and selling on a sale, of course. So as a seller... You get to bring your horse to one location and meet with potentially hundreds of different people. Now, no one, if you want 5000 for your horse, that's a good even number. No one is going to come to your house and tell you they've got $10,000 in their pocket ready to burn. That's never going to happen. They're going to give you what you asked for it. Well, at a sale, no one knows how much you want for it. They only know how much they're willing to spend. And especially if you have a quality horse that's either kid broke, if you have a sol solid horse that's sound, you are very likely to get a surprising amount more for your horse than if you were to sell it private. She says there are certain situations where selling privately may be more appropriate. Now, if you have a horse that maybe has behavioral issues or unsoundness issues, it's probably best to market it privately. Uh, because you will find those people who are willing to take a risk on it, whereas at a sale, people might not be as willing to take a risk. 
So for sellers, um, you get to see lots of different people in one spot without having to set up multiple different meetings with potential buyers because they're all in one place on the same day. Additionally, coming from a sale, your money's guaranteed. It's the sale uh, opportunity, we, like at our sale, for instance, and the majority of sales, we contact the bank of every potential buyer. They have to call in and either pay with cash, a credit card, or have a letter from their bankers. Sherbarth also provides guidance on things you should look for when looking at a potential horse. The first thing I always look at is confirmation. Is it built to do the job I want? No matter if you're roping, barrel racing, cutting, reining, trick riding, a horse needs to be balanced. We need the angles of the shoulder to match the angles of the hip. We need strong, straight legs. And those things are the the bones of the horse. And so if you have good bones, um, you're pretty much set up for success. And color can hide a lot of those things. But we want to look at the structure of the horse first. There are so many breeders nowadays that if you look hard enough and you want to find a palomino with four white socks and a star on its face, you can probably find it. Um, But if you're just looking for what I call a steady eddy trail horse, um, you can make any horse shine. Once again, that was Robin Sherbarth of the Crawford Livestock Auction Market. For help listing or purchasing a horse, you can contact her at legendbuttehorsesale at gmail.com. Broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I'm Rebel Seclota reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Hi, Bob Brogan with the Business Report. Well, stocks are up a little bit right now. The 30 industrials are up about 105 points. The NASDAQ Composite up nearly 18, and the S&P 500 up a little over 3. The market is still on track for a small gain for the week following several days of bumpy trading. Solid gains all week for technology companies have the NASDAQ heading for a weekly gain of more than 2%. European markets were broadly lower, while Asian markets ended higher. Treasury yields were slightly lower, and crude oil prices fell. Deer rose after reporting strong results. U.S. home sales rose a record-breaking 24.7% in July, extending last month's rebound after the coronavirus pandemic all but froze the housing market this spring. The National Association of Realtors says sales of existing homes jumped last month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 5.86 million. With two straight months of record-breaking gains, purchases are now up 8.7% from a year ago. Home sales rose 20.7% in June, a record that lasted only a month. The housing market has been one of the more resilient sectors of the economy during the pandemic, but market activity continues to hinge on supply, which remains low. A former Navy SEAL who has said he fired the shots that killed Osama bin Laden has been banned by Delta Airlines after removing his face mask during a flight. Robert O'Neill tweeted about his ban on Thursday, and the airline confirmed the action. All major U.S. airlines require passengers to wear face coverings to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Delta says it has banned more than 100 passengers for violating the rule. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. As harvest gets underway, we want to hear from you. 
starting the week of September 7th through the end of October, we're going to have conversations from the cab. We encourage you to be a part of this conversation by texting us at 402-710-9706 and say, Hey, Susan, let's have that conversation about how my harvest is going. That number again, 402-710-9706. It's Conversations from the Cab on 880-KRVN. Welcome to this week's Fridays in the Field, brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. I caught up with Paul Peeper, a dry bean grower in Sioux County, as the day hit 99 degrees and made the otherwise dry climate humid in the bean field. Peeper says the dry summer has been a challenge. Well, the beans are progressing. Uh, it's been a tough summer for them. We've, in, here in Sioux County, we've had lack of moisture, for better words. And... Um, but uh, we have beans in all stages. We've got some that are starting to starting to yellow a little bit and turn a little white. We have some here that are just starting to blossom and set. And then we have some that have set and, and uh, they're, they're going to start drying down. So we have a little, little uh, atmospheric bronzing going on on the plant and some little uh, bacterial wilt. But nothing to be expected for this time of year. Bacterial wilt in bean plants is caused by moderate to warm temperatures and plant wounds both during and post-flowering. Peeper tells us how he handles bacteria in his fields. comes in, and if you have it, you have it. If you don't, you know, you, you thank your lucky stars. <laughs> you guys spray for it? Do you? I do not. There's people that do, but uh, my plan is to, to try to keep the plant as healthy as possible from the start and then try not to put on anything that I don't have to later on. So, Many of the fields in western Nebraska have been without rain for at least 30 days or more. Irrigation has provided the only water for the beans and other crops. Well, we, we haven't been able to keep them wet. I, I mean, they're earning their, their name of dry, dry elbows because they've, you can see there's some drought stress going on here in the field now, and these beans have been watered less than a week ago, but there is no... There's no moisture. It just it's all evaporating, or or uh, it just you can't put it in fast enough. So it's 98 degrees and a 20 mile an hour wind every day for the last month. It seems like you just you just go in circles. The dry bean harvest will begin in late August, which is pretty early, but not unusual. The heat has caused early maturation in many of the fields, and Peeper says it could affect some yield. I know, like pod fill, mm-hmm. is with it with some heat. You're gonna you see that's not filling. So you have some a nice big bean, but there's not very many. There's short pods, hmm. uh, five, three to five in a in a pod. But you know, there's a blank there. Well, that's due to heat and heat stress and lack of moisture and conditions. Peeper, like many farmers in the area, not only plant commodity crops, but crops to eat throughout the winter, such as sweet corn. We planted it with uh, expectations of filling our freezer this winter, and it's really come on and put down probably uh, close to 200 quarts of corn. And then uh, we've also sold a little bit just to the neighbors and, and some people in town. So my wife and I both come from big families, and we... We just uh, help fill the freezers of our families, and we have good eating all winter long that way.
beekeeper says it takes about a week to harvest the sweet corn. The beekeeper family is not the only ones who enjoy the sweet corn, as Paul has had to put up an electric fence to keep raccoons and skunks looking for a tasty meal out of the field. We'll be back to check on the bean harvest in western Nebraska and how the yields fared in a few weeks. I'm Chabella Guzman with the Rural Radio Network, and this has been Fridays in the Field, brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. Playpen on the Rural Radio Network. Let's talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain as we look at the closing lo- uh, grain markets. And John, a mixed close here. Wheat really making some strong gains here in the afternoon trade. Going into this week, we've seen a lot of data coming out. Pro Farmer Crop Tour starting to get ready looking out to that September WASD. So how important is the data right now versus fundamentals like the weather? Oh, I, I, I don't I think it's a forward looking market at this point. Um, you know, there aren't a whole lot of concerns that I see, even with a low crowd number in, in the September report. I mean, if they would come back to trend, I still don't know if the market has enough legs to really price itself to a point where it prevents sellers. Um, and the, the bottom line is there's just a big slack in demand. You saw gasoline prices really fall against a, a pretty good gap over the net. So, Short term here, uh, just kind of stay, stay pat. If I'm buying, I'll be waiting for another week, week and a half when the delivery gets all squared away and we get closer to that Seth crop report. Um, at this point in time, on, on the soybean side, it looks comfortable to stay around nine bucks. And as far as wheat goes, I think that move we saw there was really more to do with options expiration, um, just some spreading September delivery there. On the wheat side, this is basically time we make a bottom. So. Uh, uh, you kind of keep your eyes on wheat. In fact, if you want to re- replace some corn sales, wheat isn't a bad way to do it. Looking at the currency trade today, euro gets crushed. That seems to bring it back into the U.S. dollar, breaking its nine-week lower streak. Well, we don't know for sure, but it looks like it'll break its nine-week lower streak. Anything to really look at there? Oh, absolutely. I think the uh, the cases that start to pop out in, in Europe are only going to be a detriment to the, to the global markets, especially those outside of the U.S. So, uh, I see two roads being taken. There's going to be a divergent point at some point. I would imagine the election has a lot to do with it. You're seeing it already in this country, where you know certain participants in the in the global or in the U.S. economy are, are you know working or playing or going to school, and then the other section aren't. Uh, that's going to happen across Europe as well. And so you have uh, a somewhat, I guess, benign currency trade here. And I think a lot of folks are are sleeping on the fact that I think the dollar is a little undervalued here. So. I don't know if you go out and trade it instantly to the upside, but going to the election, I would advise everybody to have some sort of either downside position on the commodity they grow or upside position on the dollar because there's a need for cash, whether it be on the corporate level or on the personal level. uh, I think it's really going to affect prices in the the short run. In the long run, we'll overcome it, but there's just too much supply, I think, to deploy with the, the, the curve that way. Again, we're talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Do remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Check out that daily newsletter by visiting DanielZagMarketing.com. Again, DanielZagMarketing.com. Thank you very much, Clay. That'll do it for this Friday's edition of Midday. Also, if you miss anything from Midday earlier this week, any of our interviews, you can listen to the Midday Podcast available on iTunes or on KRVN.com. Our Midday Podcast is sponsored by Deveni Mo.